back to another edition of the SBK betting podcast. Well, it's been an eventful week in lots of ways. Really, as predicted, the only person in our team that was safe from it all was the man in the chateau. Sadly, we don't have a full house this week because of Storm Eunice. There's only one person that's actually really fit and, and well. James Millman's Wi-Fi was the first victim of Eunice and so aggressive Eunice was. He's still without his internet. Um, what a world that must be a week away without instant Twitter updates of the screens of pictures of Willie Mullins and Nikki Henderson opening their doors to the media. And also over the course of the week, week I think I left you rather concerned about what would happen to Com Tom Collins if the Nat third win wouldn't get the job done in the Rendlesham. And unfortunately, he was beaten. He was beaten a long, long way out. Tom hasn't really been the same since. In all seriousness, I know you're on your sick bed for the podcast, Tom, with a bit of third wind fever. How are you holding up? Are you okay? Yeah, I think you've cursed me, Jess, because I, I am a bit under the weather this week. So maybe it was uh, third wind's uh, defeat that, that's caused that. But um, he never really travelled in the Rendlesham. He never looked like winning at any stage. He plugged on and finished third in a race where only three finished, um, but he never looked like winning. So it was, it was disappointing last Saturday. Hopefully this Saturday will be much better for winners. Yes. Absolutely. It was, it was tough watching. It was testing, testing conditions up at Haydock. We've had a lot of rain as well this week. So we'll, we'll see how that has materialised around the racetracks. But the smug Welshman who made the very wise decision whenever it was to flee to France has missed all of the, the storm dramas. Although he wouldn't have missed Twitter this week. In fact, I know he saw the pre-race showdown between John Bon and Constitution Hill because as we always knew since day one, these two horses will take each other on. They face each other at Seven Barrows to the press and all the media. Confirmed, supreme, it's done. What a sight that was, Ross. Yeah, we just wait now for the last minute, 48 hours swerve, <laughs> separate them up. No, I think I have to, I think I have to admit defeat there and uh, stop winding you all up and I think yeah we're gonna we're gonna get the showdown that, that we actually want and we want you know we want to see the best horses running against each other so if we could all pile into the supreme have a big old feast up there that'll do me nicely yeah we're really getting to the to the meat of it now of the preview season Willie Mullins had every star he could imagine um for his press day and they all look fit and well where he's sending his uh, his his Top novices we still yet to find out but a lot to look forward to in the coming weeks and we'll have some previews for you to look forward to but we've got more pressing matters uh, this weekend's racing uh, and hopefully possibly the final of the Cheltenham Clues Kempton can sometimes lead us to, to some um, lines of form heading into to Cheltenham but the, the Adonis Juvenile Hurdle which we'll start with first at 1.50 won impressively by Tritonic last year, but he was firmly put in his place in the triumph itself come March. Uh, the betting um, as it stands uh, for this is Knight Salute has been flawless uh, over hurdles this season. His five to two favorite Pleasant Man on his debut over hurdles for Paul Nichols is nine to two. Impulsive one for Nikki Henderson, he's six to one. Mocha Davafi, 13 to two. Greystone, nine to one. Another newcomer in Reward is 10. Teddy Blue, 11. The famous 5'11s, 14 to 1, bigger the rest. And as I said, Knight Salute has gone unbeaten for Milton Harris. He, I've been really taken to how he's adapted to the hurdles. Ross, 
If he wins this, is he a genuine triumph title contender or perhaps even a Boodles contender? And, and do you think he can maintain his unbeaten record? I think he can maintain his unbeaten record. Uh, and, you know, any horse that wins four out of four, you have to respect. And two of them are grade twos. But it does look like Ireland have got a absolute vice-like grip on the on the triumph as far as I can see. I'd be surprised if he was good enough to beat some of the principals from Ireland. Um, can he win this? Yes, I think he can. I just wonder whether this is going to be a springboard into Cheltenham. I think they've got their heart set to go and triumph. I think they'd rather get beaten in the triumph than win the Boodles, and, and, and all credit to them for that. Um, but if he's not quite at his game, and they've left a little bit to work on, I'd be prepared to take him on at the prices. Um, back at Doncaster, I tipped impulsive one um, to, to beat him, and he, and he didn't quite manage it. He's got sort of a length to find these £5 worse off. But on that occasion, I referenced the, the Kempton run where uh, Impulsive One was beaten two lengths, conceding seven pound. Course and distance form. Uh, I was really impressed with his run last time at Musselburgh where he beat two fillies and that seven pound allowance for fillies, you know, is, is worth something. And he won very easily. The better the ground, the better his chance. It's currently given as good to soft, which I was a bit surprised at after hearing about all the rain you'd had over there. But if that's correct, and the next 48 hours look dry, Kempton dries quite quickly. If it's good ground, I would give him another chance at six to one. I think he's a pacey horse. Um, I don't think he was suited by the tacky ground at Doncaster. It was given as good to soft, but it definitely rode worse than that. Um, so I, I'd chance him again at the prices, but it would be nice to see Knight Salute win. And if he does win, win well, and perhaps give us a, a genuine bit of hope going into the triumph against the uh, Irish. The Nicky Henderson team, um, I think, were pretty hopeful that this would be a triumph hurdle horse when he and when he didn't win first time out. But he's just sort of probably just taken a bit of managing. Um, but it's a, a fascinating race. Interesting that Paul Nichols has these uh, couple of newcomers. The most uh, uh, curious one in terms of the betting is Pleasant Man, formerly with Roger Charlton, he used to grind out his races and was a horse who stayed up to one mile six furlongs as a three-year-old he actually beat Pied Piper uh, who's one of the, the leading contenders for the triumph hurdle as a two-year-old on debut Tom you uh you know your platform inside out what did you make of him now the, the thought of him developing into a hurdler and do you think he could trans transfer that form uh over and um, slightly similar with the familiar colors of Tritonic um for, for Paul Nichols this this season yeah, I think so. Obviously, it's not an exact science translating flat form to hurdling form. Um, if it was, Pleasant Man be winning this by 10 plus lengths. Uh, he was rated 97 on the flat. Um, he's running against horses that were generally rated in the 70s. Now, Rebo and, and Teddy Blue, who are further down the betting, Rebo, obviously, Pleasant Man's stable companion, they ran in stakes races in France. So they've also got a good level of form on the flat, but Pleasant Man has is the standard setter, basically. He finished seventh in the Melrose, arguably the best three-year-old handicap of the season. And he, he was with Roger Charlton. He doesn't um, get these horses ready early in their career. They see they're more longer term types. So I don't think he's fully shown us what he's capable of. And the fact that he's joined Paul Nichols is a big plus. Paul Nichols had three runners in this race since 2016 um, that were making their debut for him. Zubair in 2016, he won this race. Uh, Solo in 2020, first up for Paul Nichols, he won this race. Paso Doble last year finished third in this race, first up for Paul Nichols, huge eye catcher. Um, he was never really in contention, but stayed on powerfully. I think Pleasant Man can follow that, that those um, former horses from the yard and, and run really well in here. I think he's the bet. We've seen loads from Night Salute and Impulsive One. 
They've had four and five starts respectively and not much separated them in the summit hurdle at Doncaster. Um, I don't think they're brilliant horses. I think they're good, but I don't think they're brilliant. Uh, and that leaves a gap there for Pleasant Man to hopefully come through and prove that he's the class angler in this race. I'm going to stick with Knight's salute. Uh, I think he's done nothing wrong all season. Um, he's definitely, as we talked, as Tom has mentioned, you know, translating form to hurdles. This was an 80 rated horse on the flat band, Andrew Balding, but he's just been a bit of a revelation. Uh, really surprised everyone, really. He's done nothing wrong. Yes, he's worse off at the weights this time than with Impulsive One, but I think um, currently at the prices we have, five to two, that's a pretty generous prize for a horse that's unbeaten in that form with Portocello looks very, very strong now. So uh, I like this horse back over course and distance. Um, so uh, that's me with probably my only favourite bet of the weekend. Uh, we'll head into the three o'clock. This is the two mile Dovecot Novices Hurdle. Um, shall we have one more looked strikingly impressive last time? Frank in Constitution Hills form from the Tollworth. They bolted up um, at Sandown. He was jumping left at most of his hurdles, but he is back at a right-handed track, um, but he is the standout in the betting at even money. Orkon Risk um, coming via the handicap route is six to one. Ikio for Paul Nichols, 13 to two. Fred Darm, 15 to two. Mariko Zvasti, 11s with a Russian ruler. Galar Desan, 70 to one. And Legonet, 26 to one. Short enough at even money, Ross, for shall we have one more? Based on what he did last time, there's slight chinks in him. I just, as I said, the left, the, the jumping out to his left, he doesn't, he looks like a horse with a few quirks. Yeah, he looked much better last time with Josh Moron. I thought that was significant. Um, but it was a race that probably fell apart and you'd have to question what he's beaten in behind him. Um, and whether soft ground being by authorised is, is important to him. Um, my sort of overwhelming thought with this is there's going to be a very strong pace on or there's likely to be a strong pace on he'll go forward or can risk or go forward fred at arm want to go forward ikio was very keen um it, they could really set an, an overly strong pace and the horse i like in here and i i'm surprised he's as big as he is again probably the not so fashionable trainer angle is marika davasi uh he really impressed me last time at Doncaster. He travelled like a Rolls Royce through the race. Having been keen at Hereford and Huntington, Aidan Coleman was, was keen to reiterate in his post-race comments that they wanted to settle, they wanted to teach him, and he did it very nicely. Cruised into, into contention coming to the last, made an absolute dog's dinner of it, landed on his hind legs, virtually landed in a trot, and on a very short run at Doncaster, picked up like a rocket and, and cleared right away to, to, to my mind, be an impressive winner. Um, He's got a line with Balco Coastal. Um, he tipped up at Huntington when upsized Balco Coastal. I think he'd have run in close. Uh, so he's got the beating of Fred Arms on that. Um, he's already beaten uh, the Nicky Henson horse in this. I think he's a big price. And I think if they go quick, he learned a lot last time. He'll be able to settle off the pace. I think he's a talented horse. I think the market's underestimated him. Um, and I think he could upset some uh, more fancy rivals. 11 to 1, as you say, he has slightly gone over. And it's bizarre, really, that he's the same price as Russian Ruler. He put firmly in his place. I know that Russian Ruler was fancied that day. He's one of the novices that they really liked at Seven Barrows coming into um, that his first run. And he essentially disappointed. It, make, it just makes no sense, really, that he'd be the same price, does it? Yeah. No, beat him eight length and gave him seven pound. Uh, he's off level weights now. I mean, 
yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand it. I mean, Tom, Tom Simmons had a quiet season. Um, he had the Dave Dennis horses last year who arrived very well handicapped. And so he had a lot of winners. Those horses have now moved back to Dave Dennis, who's out on his own again. Tom's got quite a young team and he does bring them along slowly. He will not be gunning them to win bumpers. He'll not be gunning them to win maiden hurdles unless they're ready. So the fact that he's prepared to throw this horse into this level of contest is notable as far as I'm concerned. Um, and, you know, with Song for Someone, he's proven that when he's got a horse good enough, he's, he's certainly good enough. So, yeah, I think the market's underestimated him and I'd happily take him at an each way price. Let's hope we get eight runners. Yeah, eight runners is the standard. As you say, Tom had a great season last year, 30 winners, only five at this stage of the season, which is it's, it's disappointing, I'd say, for a yard like that, that have had that that big boost and with, with owners. And, and, and this let's hope that this can be a, a nice progressive horse for him. Um, Tom, I'll come to you next. We mentioned, shall we have one more? Ross and I, Ross and I believe that that's the wrong price for, for a horse that definitely isn't, absolute the whole package yet would you be in agreement no i think it's the right price um i think he's the horse to be in here he, he's the clear standout in my opinion now yes the race that he won at sandown wasn't overly strong i was lucky that enough to be in the stands that day you could see that josh moore from the outset knew this horse was miles better than anything else in the race he just gone from the start and, and never really looked like he was in danger there wasn't even a second actually where i thought he was probably in trouble um, if you're looking back at his previous form, finished fourth in the Tollworth, where he attracted plenty of market support that day against Constitution Hill, just wasn't suited by the, the heavy ground. Prior to that, he ran a nice second to a useful horse trained by Paul Nichols. And on his debut, on good ground at Kempton, he won a bumper beating a horse called Walking on Air, who's well fancied for the Chatham Festival. So I think the ground will suit. I know Ross has his concerns, but I think quick conditions is what he wants. Um, he's a strong travelling sort, and there's lots of pace in here. The only time he's ever gone to the front was last time out, and that was just basically a, a case for authority. Josh Moore just wanted to let everyone know he was on the best horse, keep it simple, um, and just leave from start to finish. I think he'll take a lead this time, travel into the race beautifully, and then hopefully use his uh, incredible turn of foot to win. He's not top rated in this race, which surprised me. I mean, Ikkyo or ICO, however we're calling this horse, um, he's top rated off 134, but pretty sure that's an inflated mark after um, an impressive, but I mean, it wasn't much of a race. Um, first time up for Paul Nichols. I think he's the best horse in the race. I think he should be top rated and I think he'll win. Yeah, I uh, I found that very strange, Akio, that that price. He was so free at, at, at Cheltenham. I was trying, I was looking at him thinking, was he worth worth it for this race? But I just think he's still learning and he's he needs to he needs to learn to settle. I like Gary Moore's quote on Shall We Have One More, saying that he feels he'll be better in a strongly run race. Um, and uh, that is probably what what he might have. I I do think that orc on risk for Chris Gordon, who's a shrewd man at sort of placing his horses, he likes to start them at the likes of Plumptons and, and, and last time out he ran off a mark of 117 in the handicap at Wincanton and he absolutely bolted up. Uh, now he's obviously gone up massively in the handicap. He probably still could be running in, in, in good novice handicaps as well, but... He's taken the uh, the chance to, to step him up into graded company in a race that he won with a horse with a similar prior profile, like uh, in the shape of Highway Highway 102, two years ago. It's a bit of a risk this one because I'm not sure if he's necessarily good enough. But I think Chris Gordon wouldn't give this give this kind of race a shot if he didn't think he's got a progressive sort. Um, and I think that. Uh, he could be worth taking on the favourite with, but I do think, shall we have one more? 
I just think it's too. I just think it's too short. It's too skinny. But I do like his profile coming into this race. So we've all got different views coming into the Dovecot Novices Hurdle at three o'clock. Um, uh, pushing forward into the Grade Three handicap chase over three miles at three thirty-seven. To be very precise, it's quite an open look to this betting. And Sam not been seen for a good while since his win at Ascot, where I think our very own James Norman tipped him. That day, he's five to one joint favourite with five star getaway. The big breakaway is eight to one. Galahad Quest nines, good boy Bobby, Phoenix Way, Zanza, our power, all elevens, 14 to one Layla, and Rillo, 16 to Beakstown. Um, and then 18 to one Zaguli, Kitty's Light makes it up at 22 to one. I thought a good quality look to this race, um, Ross. We've got horses coming into this off the back of some nice wins. Um, Phoenix Way uh, is back in here. To compete against Antam again, five-star getaway doesn't look like he's. Uh, he looks like he's still on the right side of the handicapper. We've got some uh, novice uh, chasers coming into sort of open company as well. A nice look to it. I know you like these kind of races. So, how did you? Uh, how did you work it out? Well, I was mad keen on five-star getaway at the initial entry stage, but that was largely driven by the fact he was twenty to one and it was raining. Um, if the ground is quicker. I'm not sure he's going to be suited by that. And he's now five to one. So there's absolutely no juice in his price. I'm sure someone has missed a, a one-off in front of the big breakaways price. How he's eight to one is beyond me. He jumped like a JCB the last time he came to Kempton in the Quarto Star. He's done nothing since to show me that he's improved in his jumping. And I think he is a, a victim of his confident trainer announcing when he was a novice hurdler that he'd been bought to win the Gold Cup. People have latched onto that. He's done nothing to suggest he's anywhere near Gold Cup class. How he's eight to one fifth is beyond me. And Sam Phoenix way both six pound higher in a tougher looking race. Uh, Kitty's light. I think the season's geared around going back to Sandown off the same mark as last year. Captain Orders looked regressive. Um, the one I've come down on, and you're going to laugh now, Jess, is Zanza. But I've been waiting for him over three miles on a flat track. He's got five career wins in his life. Four of them have come on a flat track. He's one right-handed. He's back off a mark of 145 when he was a staying on second over two and a half at Cheltenham. I think he's been crying out for this trip. I don't think he handles Cheltenham. I think he's been placing there in spite of the track, not because of it. I think if he can organize his jumping a little bit better on a flat track, which should be easier, you know, jumping is about balance. If you're going up and downhill, your balance is compromised. And if you find balance difficult, flatter track's going to help you. Slightly slower pace over three miles. Every time at Cheltenham, he's been staying on over two and a half. So surely he'll stay on over three. I thought 11 to one was a was a big price in a, I mean, I thought it was quite a weak contest. You know, I think lots of talk about prize money. This is worth more to the than the Ultima at Cheltenham. And yet you'll have a stack of owners and trainers being disappointed to miss the cut for the Ultima they could have run in this for the same money. Um, so I thought it was a disappointing heat. I think there's plenty of vulnerable horses in there. Um, I could see Zanza running a massive race. Sorry, can I just go back to one point? You think that a lot of his good form has come on right-handed No, he's, he's, like no, he's, he's, he's won runs right-handed at Taunton, but yeah. four of his five wins have come on flat tracks. He's, he's only got one win on an undulating track, and that's Chepstow. Yeah, isn't Newbury quite a galloping track? Yeah, galloping but flat. Left-handed, I can't. Left-handed, flat. I cannot see this at all. <laughs> this is 
Newbreed was where he gets the best best out of him. I can't see Kempton suiting it. I just I can't see it. I just I I just think flat. I th- I don't think it matters which way round he goes. He actually needs to run on the flat, Ross. He needs to run on the flat. You're talking about the break, the breakaway <laughs> jumping like a JCB. <laughs> He's at least getting there with his jumping. I'll give him that. He is getting there. He's getting there, but you've got to really get there at Kempton. It's a pretty, it's quite a tough test for jumpers at Kempton. And just the cheap pieces fitted him last time to finally get his head in front. And his jumping let him down. He's obviously been freshened up. But for me, Kempton is what I'm concerned about. He's still, it's still enough of a jumping test. And it's tight and it's, it is flat. But I just couldn't see it playing in his strength. And I followed this, this horse off a cliff this season. But I will hand it over to Ross for this week, this week only. And fair play if he comes through. Um, Eleven to one seems like a seems difficult to shy away from. But that's that's Ross's case. And this is my case. So we'll see how it pans out. Tom, I feel like you've got a few words to say about uh, the big breakaway jumping like a JCB. Sure. Now I completely agree with what Ross is saying. He jumps terribly. Um, so does Zanza. So there are a few horses in here, Captain Nord as well. Um, the fact that most of them don't jump very well probably equals the playing field a little bit. Obviously, there are some good jumpers, and Sam being one five-star getaway on his day is a very good jumper. Um, but the big breakaway, I think, is the classiest horse in the race. Now, yes, he's disappointed ever since he finished second to Sham Blue in the grade one quarto start at this track. But he finished second to Shamblu in the grade one quarter start at this track. So he has done um, plenty over, over fences. He's had, uh, this is second run after wind up. He's got cheap pieces on. He's got a tongue tie on. If there's ever going to be the day, yeah, if there's ever going to be the day for the big breakaway, it's here. Now, I feel like the case I've just made is very strong. It's not, a, it's a very tentative selection. It's not a race I'll be punting in. I just think there are a lot of negatives about a lot of horses in here. Yes, Antam should be favourite and is the horse to beat. But I think the big breakaway is probably the value play, albeit you don't really know what to expect from him. Yeah, and and I have to agree with Ross. You need a one in front of the eight. You can't have an eight to one, essentially second favourite for a race where there's so many question marks hanging on him. And clearly the fact that they are opting for headgear and they've had wind surgery, they they gave him a bit of a, a, a go over hurdles just to just get his confidence back. And he got... He got basically taken out and uh, was able to manage to get third by the stewards, but it was a funny run race that that time. Um, I think we everyone's missed Phoenix Way. I look, he's up six pounds to that win at Ascot, where he looked very well in. And Kevin Brogan comes back in for the ride, so his claim negates the three pounds of that. He's a serious talent, Kevin Brogan, um, and that ride on this horse is is, is given him the the opportunity to, to get back on him and his claim will be gone very soon. Favourite for this race, and Sam had the better of him in December, um, but I think uh, he was better at the weights that day, but I think Phoenix Way, I think he's impressive and his jumping looks to have improved. Um, so There's got to be a slight, a slight worry there about the trip, hasn't there, Jess? I don't think he was. I think he was definitely doing his best work late on at Ascot, a race where you jump, you've got to jump that last and you've got to stay. Um, that yes, there is pos- that's po- possibly why he's slightly bigger than he should be at the trip he, he won on last time. But I'm going to, I'm going to take a gamble that he will stay at, um, at 11 to one with, as we've all mentioned, a lot of plenty of horses with some question marks going into it. But I think it's a really competitive race. I really like the feel to this. So we've all got um, a bit of value around Phoenix Ways 11s, 
um, and the big, well, bar the big breakaway, he's eight. <laughs> and uh, we've got um, for, for Ross, um, uh, God, I've literally forgotten what you said. Zander, how can I forget? 11 to one, <laughs> how can I forget? I am also going to throw in our power tentatively. It's a big ask for him in this uh, company. Uh, but Sam Thomas is a good man, knows how to place his horses. I don't think he'd be doing it for no reason. And um, he's 11 to one as well. And uh, I, I, I like his profile. He could be, he could be just an, an interesting thought in, in this type of race. So uh, we'll move on to the final race that we're going to uh, preview today. And that is up at Newcastle. Well, they've got good soft, good to soft ground as well as it stands. The Ida Handicap Chase over four mile, one and a half furlongs um, will be a grueling stamina test. Uh, we saw one in last week's Grand National Trial. The ground obviously not so testing, um, but this will take some getting nonetheless. History of Fashion is 11 to 2. Um, uh, this is the horse that's that come over from Ireland, so we always respect them, and that's what the that's what the better reflects. He's 11 to 2. Classic Chase winner, Claire Thurf is 13 to 2. Danilo Dairy, 15 to 2. Domaine de Lille, 9 to 1. Check it out, 11s. As is Rathonleur, Court Master, Achille is 16 to 1 with Innisfree Lad, Just Lord Pipe. Win My Wings, 18 to 1. Gwen City Burbis, 18s with Cash to Ash, 22 to 1. Bigger the rest. Back to you, Ross. Um, I know that uh, this race, as I said, will take some getting. I was looking through it to try and find a horse that I think is at least shown that this, this test is, is, is something that would be worth tackling. Is there something in here that you feel that will have will sort of flourish with this trip in mind? Yeah, well, I've, I've backed the main deal for the for the Grand National. I was quite impressed with his running the beach away stayed on from a mile back um and i was mad keen on him but they claim seven pound with jack wildman who has looked perfectly good but the bottom line is he's had 11 rides over fences in his career it's a big ask to pace a marathon trip round newcastle big runner handicap um i i hope he does it because it's the sort of a profile that can launch you onto better things and and young jockeys do need breaks now more than ever um so I hope he gets it done, but it, it did temper my enthusiasm at prices. And then when you look through the field, there's a lot of them that are just old plodders that need desperate ground. Uh, Gwen C. Burbass, Inishry Lad, Potter's Corner, Lakeview Lad, Ashiel, they all need softer ground than this. So I came down on three that I thought would appreciate the ground. Courtmaster, just your type and win my wings. Just your type doesn't look to me like he's crying out for this trip. He's looked a bit of a weak finisher. Um, Courtmaster... Um, looks to be crying out for the trip. Uh, he's from the family of Amberley House. Uh, he stayed on from a long way back over three and a quarter miles at Cheltenham and then impressed last time at Newcastle. Um, so 11 to one, I, I, I would give him a chance. And then at a bigger price uh, was the mare Win My Wings. Um, she stayed on from an absolute mile back at Exeter and almost looked like she'd be pulled up um, and, and flew home on desperate ground. She has got form on a good surface around Cheltenham. Ryan Manier, I thought, was a was an eye-catching booking. 18 to 1 is a big price. Christian Williams had a winner for these owners uh, yesterday and a very, very narrowly beaten uh, 50 to 1 shot. His horses are coming back into form. I thought she was interesting, you know, going up nearly a mile in trip. Yeah, she's only, I thought, going up £5, pounds, I think it was. Yeah, £5 pounds for that yeah. 
the win where she it was a fascinating race to watch actually we watched it again she came from nowhere out the clouds um to run them down late on i couldn't quite work out how they sort of revitalized her because her last couple of runs um since the since the springtime this time last year when she won at Cheltenham, won in, they went pot hunting in France as well. She could be, I was thinking, a type of mare, like we find that sort of comes into her own at this time of year. Yeah, and Christian is very good at, at, at sort of just tipping away with them and getting them ready for the big day. I mean, you wouldn't be surprised if Exeter slightly fell in the lap and they weren't, you know, they weren't expecting her to win that day. Um, there wasn't wild celebrations in the winner's enclosure afterwards. Um, and, and the couple in front definitely stopped. Um, so yeah, I thought she was interesting. You know, she she's not a young horse, but she is relatively unexposed. He's campaigned a brilliant, you know, he went at Cheltenham and then went out to went out to France with her. Um I'm always interested in, in Saturday horses with, with Christian Williams. You know, he said that he targets Saturday races. Um he separated them out, you know, he three at Kempton, one up here. Um and a, and a notable booking, I thought, you know, if you're going to go north, there's a handful of jockeys you want to use on northern tracks. And, and for my money, Ryan Manier's probably up there with Brian Hughes as being the, the go-to man. So, yeah, I, I thought she was interesting. Yeah, five runners on Saturday for Christian Williams. Potter's Corner is obviously in this race as well. And he uh, said to me in an interview that he does look at where all the ITV races throughout the course of the year he wants to build his profile and having a winner on ITV is the way that you, you do that. So I think that's essentially exactly as you said, trying to get these horses in these races and, uh, and, and make, a, make a bigger name for himself than he already is. And this was one of the horses that he bought for a small amount and has materialised really well. Um, so best of luck to that team. Um, and Win My Wings is currently, as we speak, an 18 to 1 chance. Um, Tom... Um, as we're talking about the trip is the question mark here. Uh, we've we've touched on a, a couple of these and 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 whether they they necessarily are, are it's it's an obvious for them to to, to tackle it. Um, that's how I really looked at it, and I'll, I'll come to my selection after hearing yours. How did you go through it and, and try and pick out your selection? Unlike the uh, the big race at Kempton that we've just covered, I thought this was a, a nice race to have a bet in. Um, Eclair Surf, who's at the top of the market, won't like the ground, um, but was very impressive in the in the classic chase. Thought a uh, history of, of fashion, the um, the Irish horse was very well handicapped, but hit and miss jumping, that put me off that runner. Um, and Domain de Lille just probably isn't ready for this race. Uh, Sean Curran's a very uh, precise trainer with his bookings, let's say. Um, and Danilo Derry, if that, if that horse doesn't attract any money, then that's a complete avoid. So this is a value race for me. There's two horses I like in here. Two horses, I think, that are bettable propositions. The first one Ross has already touched on, which is Quartermaster. He was so impressive here last time. Yes, it was only a three-runner race, but he jumped beautifully on good ground. He cleared away. And he's always hinted that he'd be better over um, stamina sapping tests like this. I think he's going to be well suited to this test and he could be a, a horse that hits the frame at a double figure price. And the other one is Rath and Ur, or Rath and Lur. I'm not quite sure how you pronounce the name, but uh, trained by Rose Dobbin, who actually trained the winner of this race back in 2016 with a horse called Rocking Blues. She hasn't had a runner in it since. So maybe they've targeted the Ida for, from a long way out with this horse. He was another um, that suggested he really needed a proper test. Now, he did win over two mile four furlongs at Carlisle last year. That race has really worked out. The second that day was Al Nadam, who's since gone on to win a couple of races and is, is uh, rated a stone higher. 
The third was Manella Trump, who won seven races uh, in consecutive in a sequence since. So the form has really worked out strongly. Uh, Rathanur then won next time up over three miles. He was a plodder that day. He really stayed on nicely. Um, he looked to be outpaced, which was surprising given he won over shorter the time before. Now on his comeback, he probably wasn't ready after a long break and the race turned into a sprint. He finished fifth of five, but he was bang there coming into the straight. I think that was a perfect prep run. It looks well handicapped and he's a nice price in here. So Rathenur and Courtmaster in a, a good betting heat for me, Jess. Yeah, it definitely is. Rathenur is a really nice uh, case for that horse um, who I, I just couldn't quite work out. Obviously the form up north, um, you know, trying to trying to assess it, but that, that win um, ahead of... of of Alnadem is, is looking is looking nice and Nella Trump and, and all of that too. Um, I want to come back now to Domaine de Lille um, because I think I was just having a quick check at what Mark he's been given for the Grand National. Ross, are we are you hopeful that he's going to be able to get into the race? He's borderline, isn't he? He's very borderline. I I hope he will. I thought he for large parts of the beach uh, just popped away and popped away and then absolutely flew home. So he would, went into my notebook for the national from then. I was hoping they would enter him. Then they ran him over hurdles and I got sort of confident they were protecting his mark. They might just live to regret protecting his mark and not perhaps just being two or three pound higher, but he's he's right on the cusp. So it'll be a, yeah. a nervous wait. Yeah, definitely. He's got a, a mark of 144 from the from the handicapper. Um, I... I feel I feel this is a tricky one now because I have put up Jermaine Delille um, as despite and we've actually we've been a podcast that really you know look yes Jack Wildman doesn't have the strongest of profiles as it stands he does have a seven pound claim it is a a big big ask of him on a horse like this who I think the best ride he's been given was when Brian Hughes was aboard him at, at Cheltenham last April um, and. Jack's going to have to rewatch what he did there to, to and, and try and, and emulate the great man as well. But look, he returns to the scene of his decisive win over two mile four furlongs last March, which is obviously a hell of a lot shorter than this trip. But they went a good gallop that day and he essentially outstayed his rivals, which included Man of the Mountain, who franked that form at Cheltenham next time. They tried to exploit his handicap mark over hurdles last time out to get another run into him. He might just be a bit better at this time of year, I, I thought as well, and just sort of coming back into a bit of form. Yes, the the Jack Warman element might be a bit of a slight negative, but you know he takes the seven pounds off. He's off a racing weight of eleven five, and you imagine a young guy like that will take the opportunity with both hands, especially if you know they don't get into the national. This would be this will be um, a, a brilliant prize for them. So I wouldn't imagine at, with it race being worth £80,000 that they're not going here for for just a day out so um, I'm putting up Domaine de Lille my old friend Achilles in this race he's been dropped three pounds he would want it softer he always runs well in these types of races I'm in pains not to have him on side but um, Domaine de Lille for me in a race where we've got uh, plenty of different opinions but court master for Austin Tom both uh, both siding with how successful have your joint selections gone? Because I know there've been a few of them. Can you remember off the top of your head? I can remember exactly off the top of my head. Uh, I think we are <laughs> a big fat zero from about four or five. Now we are. And the thing is, I actually put Courtmaster into our group chat before this podcast. <laughs> Ross just didn't put Courtmaster in 10 minutes before the podcast and Courtmaster. Hmm. He just wants me to get another mm. loser, Jess. I know it. Yeah, I know. You're not doing anyone a favour there, Ross. Yeah. Uh, 
as you sit on yourself. <laughs> Third, third time lucky or fourth time lucky or fifth time oh, lucky. Oh, don't mention that name. We don't, Tom Collins doesn't like mentioning third time lucky. Um, uh, right, well, look, we've got um, plenty of uh, differing opinions. Some One, one, um, one, one selection there that, that the, the Roscoe double like to see go uh, out and materialise well. Uh, we come to the end of our uh, race previews in itself. We're going to have naps. And last week, Ross, we had a great time with the nap. The nap. Um, Good risk at all looks like a proper horse, um, giving Sam Thomas that nice double. Uh, where are you looking for your nap this week? I'm going to the 225, uh, the Pendle Novices Chase. Uh, pick Dory. I think you can put a line through his run last time behind Long Press. Uh, he, you know, he paid the price for trying to take on a, a far superior horse on ground that probably didn't suit. And his yard was under a bit of a cloud at the time. Um, I think they're looking like they're getting back to form this good ground or suit. Uh, I, I think he's got an outstanding chance. Fantastic lady. He's been on the go and been turned out fairly quickly, which is very unlike Nikki Henderson. So I don't see that as a positive for her. And Manila Drama, despite showing good form over fences, hasn't convinced me with his jumping. So I mean, Pick Dory, don't get me wrong, can take a bit of a liberty at one, but he has jumped better recently. He looks like he's learning. I think he's far too good for these. Uh, and then my next best... I'm going to uh, Chepstow for the 108, uh, Port and Starboard, starts his handicap journey off on a mark of 112. That looks leaning on the best of his uh, novice form round, uh, Foss Lass on heavy ground. Um, John and Bernard Llewellyn wouldn't be a fan of having Saturday runners for the sake of it. They do like fishing in the murky waters of the midweek meetings. Uh, I think that's notable, and I think he'll win this. Interesting, Pictory 15 to 8, but yeah, what looks like a, a weakish Pendle novice chase where we haven't covered it in detail. There are not many runners in that, but uh, and Port of Starboard 4 to 1 up at Chepstow. So interesting selections there from Ross. Tom, it's uh, Winter Derby Day at Lingfield. Your fate must be one of your highlights. Um, what have you got um, in, for your nap and next best? Is there anything in there from Lingfield? There is indeed. We'll start with the next best because Ross has already just touched on it and it's picked all here in the 225 at Kempton. Um, I, I don't need to give you any more detail into that selection. Ross has covered it brilliantly. The nap is on Winter Derby card at Lingfield. The Winter Derby itself, I think Lord North will win, but he's 11 to 10 or very short price and um, you know there isn't much value there. But any horse that's won the Dubai Turf and the Prince of Wales State should be winning a Winter Derby no matter, no matter what the layoff. Um, but the nap is Phoenix Aquilas in the one o'clock at Lingfield. This isn't a North 50 classified event, so don't worry about that. Uh, we didn't have a lot of class week, so we've gone for a bit of a higher class this time around. Uh, it's a two-mile race, opens the card at Lingfield, hopefully gets punted off to a good start. This horse is trained by Seamus Jurak. Um, he's looked a different horse, actually, since reverting back to the flat. Had a couple of runs over hurdles, didn't go to plan. Since he's come back to the flat, he's been running confidently. Um, he got up to beat a well-handicapped horse on his penultimate outing. Last time out, barely came off the bridle at Sobel. Um, he's, he's been given a five-pound penalty, but still looks really well-handicapped. Don't know what price it'll be. I think he'll probably go a favourite, um, but he should be a good favourite and hopefully get us off to a good start. So that means we've got a double-double Roscoe selection uh, with Pick Dory um, as a next best for, for Tom and Ross uh, as a nap. So take that as I'm you will. Nurse, isn't it? <laughs> and Phoenix Aquilis at Lingfield as well. Um, for me, my nap will be over in Ireland, actually, in Fairy House, a 418, Ascaria 10, a forerunner at Bobby Joe Chase. This will be his prep into the Grand National. Um, I think that he um, rep, this will be a, a, a solid um, it's a solid option for him to get back to winning ways after a pretty decent run in the Thiestes. Um, and my next best will be Phoenix Way. 
in the uh, in the in the handicap chase that we we mentioned earlier on at Kempton, um, hoping that he can take the step up and trip. Uh, well, so that is it. We've come to the end. We've had a good look. We like to hope that our good friend James Millman will be uh, back in the land of Wi-Fi uh, this time next week, where we've got plenty more. The, the days are counting down until Cheltenham, guys. I'm sure we will have a nice uh, preview for everyone to hear about um, that will be coming up soon. Um, and uh, and yes, and please like, subscribe, and uh, let's hope we'll come back with a few winners. Um, feeling quite nervous now about Zanza after being so so adamant that Kempton won't suit. Let's see how it all pans out on Saturday. Mean is the um, word, Jess. Mean. <laughs> um, but um, we will uh, we'll rejoin you again next week and uh, review how we all got on and preview next Saturday's racing. So we we'll look forward to seeing you then. 